If you're looking for strong opinions, loosely held and widely shared, you've come to the right place. This is the National Talkie League. National Talkie League. Rumble, young man, rumble. This is the National Talkie League podcast. And, you know, I, I, I saw the sun today, Dave. The, the, the gutters around my house sound like uh, a, a roaring, gushing stream. It's spring, and, baby. And I, it's spring. Uh, well, how dare you curse it, Dave Ware? You just ruined it, Dave. I was <laughs> Now we know who to blame. You're probably the same jerk who got his snow tires taken off last month, aren't you? During a Chinook. Ah, Dave, you've ruined everything, and we're not even a minute into the podcast. Redeem yourself with the theme song. National Talkie League, I ruined everything. National Talkie League, by saying it's spring. National Talkie League, but it is now spring. You know, I'm, you're getting real close to the Jay-Z level Grammy Award winning with wow. these theme songs, man. Thank I mean, you. you're, you're, you're rhyming. You've got some rhyme technique that's not antique. Gonna burn my mouth before I wet my beak. I talked. Um, I talked before I sang that time. It doesn't happen much anymore. People thought the podcast was broken. Yeah. Like what? What? Why is no? He hasn't sung yet. What's going on? <laughs> there was this radio show in Vancouver where they would start. It was on like the sports talk channel, and they would start the show by letting the this guy. Okay, I'm gonna walk it back just a sec because this deserves a bit of a build up because there's some theater of the mind here. But it was like there was like the, you know, the the one talking head sports guy and then the other talking head sports guy. Right. And the one guy was like, oh, I'm a jock, man. I play the football all the time. And he was his name was Mojo. And then the other guy was just like the I've watched sports all of my life. I was the guy who knows everything about hockey stats. So these two guys do a show together. Was was the other guy's name the weasel? Was it Mojo (laughs) and the weasel? Negative. I I think I can't remember the other guy's name. I think it was just like Dave or something like that. But anyway, uh, and by the way, both really, really good guys. I just always thought that this was insanely corny. So this is not a criticism of them, should they hear it. I just always thought this was really kind of corny. But at the start of every show, they would let Mojo out of the cage. So it was like, let let the Mojo out of the cage. And then the producer would play the sound effect of like the cage creaking open. And then Mojo would go, I'm here. Let's talk hockey. And it was just like... They would do it every day, five days a week. And it's sort of like, when are you children going to not do this anymore? (laughs) Hey, uh, I have something exciting to share with all of the beleaguered talkies and new talkies as well. This is exciting. We've been threatening for a great, great number of weeks. Uh, and, And Roger doesn't even actually know this yet. But we officially have a date for the first live National Talkie League podcast recording. See, it's, or, th- this is a beautiful thing. This is a wonderful share. I like it. Yeah. What, what are we doing? And tell me more. <laughs> so we <laughs> we will be doing uh, upwards of half an hour. So that we have a 45-minute slot. So with introduction and, and closing up, uh, it'll be a little shorter than that. But we will be live at the Calgary Expo. Nice. Uh, and I believe it is uh, Sunday the 29th uh, of April uh, from 11 to 11.45 in Palomino FG. So it's one of the bigger rooms where they put the two rooms together. Wow. 
So why did they give us uh, such a big room? Uh, that's may, that's maybe terrifying. They, probably because I, I dropped your name. I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, Dave. That'll get them in there by the dozen. Uh, yeah, by the I have dozen of fans right now. So. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, so that's that's where we're going to be. So if you happen to be down at Expo, uh, come on down. We would love to meet you. Maybe we'll go for a beer after. Who knows? Actually, no. I have my nine-year-old with me, I think. So. <laughs> he yeah, can he... wait outside the casino. It's fine. <laughs> that's right. Oh, my God. I brought something back to you. I, that's like the one of the most... Uh... <laughs> Is a childhood moment brought back to you there, Roger? No, 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 not at all. But um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I was like the child in the car at the grocery store once or twice. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> come on. It's so funny, right? The shit that... Um, Whenever that story happens, we're like, oh, the police broke into the car and there was a distressed toddler in there. I'm not making light of it, but like thoroughly one in three of us would look at each other and go, yeah, my mom totally did that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. We need to go in the store and get some stuff from Safeway. Do we want this to take eight minutes or do we want this to take an hour and 45 minutes? <laughs> totally. Right. And I was an asshole, too, when I was like from age three to five, I was pretty much an asshole. Cute school <laughs> pictures, but total asshole. And so I can't blame my mom for being like, you know, using the Corolla as a babysitter. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. So uh, well, wait, wait, get sorry. Back, not to Hang get on, back wanna, on topic. But, uh, no, sorry. I want to do the, the casino story because I was once walking into a casino in Vancouver, the River Rock. And as I was walking oh, yeah. through the front door, this woman, this like middle aged Asian woman. Hmm, I wonder if that matters. Anyway, was negotiating with the security guard to like let her leave her son in like the vestibule like the little foyer while she goes in and gambles and he was like the security guard was like no you can't do that and i was like watching this happen i'm like holy shit like you are literally less than 10 seconds from the police coming here and a nice (laughs) you know motherly type from child services confiscating your baby like this is criminal what's going on here was one of the saddest most depraved things i think i've seen dude Will it freak you out if I share with you the fact that the weekend before Expo, I will be at the River Rock Casino? Oh, you're, oh for a Lego convention? Yeah, the cool. uh, uh, Brick Can, it's called. It's the big Richmond Lego show. So that happens at the River Rock. So uh, last year was the first year I attended. I, uh, I went in. I found a friend of mine from Calgary. I said, I'm going to go get something to eat. Maybe I'll gamble a little bit and I will win enough money to pay for my room. And I went and I had a little noodle dish and I sat down at the slot machine and like sixth pull, I won 450 bucks. Wow. Really? Did you quit then? Did you stop? I, yep. I turned around and walked out. (laughs) Yeah. You're like the only guy who's ever beaten slot machines. (laughs) I love that story. And then I just ate at that noodle place for the rest of the trip because it was pretty much the only decently priced thing to eat at the River Rock. So Yeah. And casino food in general is like... You're, you know, it, it's a gamble as well. <laughs> that it is. Uh, we know we had a good time there. It was fun. Um, they have like a nice pool, a nice – well, they have a hot tub. I'm not going to say it's a nice hot tub because uh, once you own a hot tub, you look at all public hot tubs and go, yeah, no, I'm not getting that. <laughs> yeah, you don't judge a hot tub by the tub. You judge it by the bathers. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So if you happen to be in in BC or in Richmond, uh, I will be at the Lego show that weekend, wandering around bored during public hours. So uh, come find me. 
And then, uh, yeah, so again, we're doing the Expo show, and that's the Sunday, the 29th, from 11 to 11.45. Uh, you have to buy a ticket to Expo to get into that, so I'm assuming those who have tickets might want to come see it. If you don't, you either have to buy a ticket or we'll do another one somewhere else. I'm assuming they're, they're not carving off a, a few nickels from each of those tickets sold for uh, this this podcast that we're doing there. Oh, <laughs> as soon as they found out we were doing this, they started advertising <laughs> no, I'm just uh, right. Yeah, we're and we're probably going up right before I don't know Wallace Shawn or so. no, that's that's not true because they never have the big celebrity guests in those rooms. To my knowledge, usually they're in the bigger rooms or something like that. But uh, it'll be fun, and uh, our moderator for the event will be uh, will be friend of the pod, Rob Mitchelson. All right, maybe I'll get him to bring his guitar and play us in or something. I don't know. Uh, I'd like that. I want to know and, something. Yeah. Um, but by the way, so okay, yeah. So you were kind of you were kind of alluding to that. We'll we'll this will be like our toes in the water live show, and we'll do we'll we'll kind of use it to springboard, if you will, into like our uh, a proper live podcast where we can own the room and sell tickets for crazy high demand. <laughs> well, yeah, this one's gonna be a whole forty five minutes long. So mm-hmm. the problem will be deciding what to say and shutting up. You know. Is there anything else happening? Like it, it would have been cool if, for example, yesterday was the day that we were doing the podcast because Rod Stewart was in town, and surely we would have gotten some like cross pollination with, with Rod Stewart's audience and the beleaguered talkies. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always interesting to see what other panels you're up against because that kind of depends on some people. So I don't know, you, you're not a big expo guy, but so there's. This is all the meeting rooms at the at the Stampede, right? At the right. Big, not the not the big four. The, the BMO uh, Center. Yeah. The BMO Center, right? Um, so there's probably six different rooms there, and uh, the other five will have some kind of panel going on. Some will be weird stuff you've never heard of. Some will be stuff you've heard of. Occasionally, you'll get you know a sort of C level celebrity that's in another room. Uh, so I like to figure out what's in the room next to us. And then also if, if the room next to us, if they like erupted applause or something like that, mm-hmm. if they start freaking out, uh, then I like to, to, to go to war against them. And then I'll tell people that, you know, whenever we put our hand up, everyone has to laugh uproariously as though we've said something hilarious. Uh, so we, we got some little tricks. Um, so yeah, Rob's moderated. Uh, I usually do a panel, a Lego panel, mm-hmm. um, which is a blast. I'm, I'm, I'm stunned actually that they're, that we're on the wait list. We're not actually, we don't actually have a spot this year, mm. um, because it's one of the most fun panels and I can't believe that people don't find it crazy fun. Uh, cause not only do we talk about Lego a ton, but Rob and I are kind of riffing and goofing around and we bring all kinds of like little giveaway prizes, little poly bags, little pieces of Lego, and uh, we give them away, and maybe we'll do this for our podcast too, but we give prizes away in the most arbitrary fashion possible. Right. So people who deserve prizes don't get prizes. It's just, <laughs> you know, randomly. Someone will come in late and we'll be like, that guy gets a prize <laughs> just for coming in late. I like that. That's so, how it should yeah, be, though. I think what I want to do with that, Roger, is uh, I'm going to look into a few different sort of events in the comic book world that have happened in the last four or five years and then uh we'll i'll I'll discuss them and then get your in-depth opinion about whether that thing should have happened or not so knowing full well that i'll have virtually no idea what you're talking about absolutely you're gonna have to yeah you're gonna have to tread water there i think i could i think i could i could michael phelps that uh you know i think i could go eight golds in one games in that contest of yours 
Love it. Now we got love it. Should we uh, should we kind of dig into the, the this podcast yeah. as though it were a salad bar with nothing but bacon bits? Um, we have got um, quite some stuff to talk about, and we'll, we'll probably have to touch on the tragedy. Obviously, that struck this this country of ours. Um, and talk a bit about this Humboldt uh, Broncos bus crash, um, but of course, the you know, for the sake of variety, we're not going to launch right into the pipeline discussion <laughs> uh, again. Like right off the top this week, I I didn't think Dave when when uh, I was incensed last week that Kinder Morgan was basically going to call the prime minister up and say, hey, you know what? If your country doesn't want to play ball, we don't give a shit about you. And so, and that's pretty much what happened. So we'll get into that as well. Um, but we should talk about um, dogs because why? Why wouldn't we? We should. Uh, can I? Sorry. Can I do one more housekeeping note before we do that? Oh, by all means. I apologize. No, for rock the, and roll. For the order in which things happen. But if you recall, last week we had a little meta section of our show where we talked about how it would be fun to talk about Jen Gerson and then put it on Twitter so that she would listen to the podcast right well i can report that jen requested to join the beleaguered talkies facebook group this that's week. true that's true it's uh that that's kind of like um the the late season trade when you add like you know like a 40 goal scorer to your team heading into the playoffs that's just what happened here amazing so yeah hopefully jen's listening hi jen if you are and if not then we're going to talk about you so you have to listen jen jen's going anyways you don't listen to my fucking podcast <laughs> That's what she's saying right now. Um, How does she know we don't? Maybe we do. Yeah. Yeah, Jen Gerson. Yeah. How do you know? Yeah. Oh. Take that uppy attitude somewhere else, <laughs> right. Jen Gerson. Let's listen to our, our dulcet-toned German friend while we wind up to talk about dogs. National Talkie League. We'll tell you what we want. What we really, really want. Only because it's on my mind that I have to get rid of it before we start talking about dogs. Something to ponder. My mother went to the Rod Stewart concert. Should I ask my mother if she threw her panties at Rod Stewart? Don't have to answer. Just something to ponder. And when you ponder it, think of what could go wrong. Wow. Uh, we should move on, I think. All right, Dave. What's the thing with the dogs? What's the what's your problem with dogs? Knowing full well that I am probably the most pro-dog person that you know, and you yourself are pro-dog. Oh, so I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine like 10 minutes ago about airports. Uh, we were talking about airports and uh, behavior at airports and that kind of thing. And it reminded me that someone on uh, on the Calgary Reddit this week had asked about like, hey guys, is there any rule against bringing my dog to the airport because um, I want to go and greet a friend and my do- I want the dog to be there when my friend gets off the plane. And my first thought was, holy Christ, leave your <laughs> fucking dog at home. It takes you, what, 20 minutes to drive home from the airport. The dog will be just as excited to see your friend at home as he will at the airport. Also, no one has to deal with your dog being at the airport. Yeah, yeah, that's. I, I can't really find much fault with that logic. Like, what happened in our society where we went from dogs should be at your house or sometimes at the park to dogs have to be with you all the time now? And if you can get a really small dog, then you can like. I went to the mall the other day. There had to be like three people with dogs in the mall. And I'm thinking, that's great for you if you like dogs. What if you're terrified? Of, there's so many people that are terrified of dogs. And why are you walking? Like, you don't need this fucking dog at the 
the mall. I have two dogs. I love dogs. I love my dogs not being at the mall. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I, I, I think that dogs need to be, um, you know, really seen as normal parts of our everyday lives. Like, I think that the companionship and the, and the, you know, like, okay, let me, let me just put it this way. There's hospitals that'll have a dog because it's really good for the patients, right? There's hotels that'll have a dog because they're like really calming for these people that are spending, you know, lots of nights on the road and stuff. You know, my uncle um, and my aunt and uncle have had a string of dogs that they would uh, bring into classrooms as like, you know, uh, therapy type dogs. And there's dogs in the court. Like dogs are amazing but not all of them, right? Okay, so it's like a very select few dogs, and unless you have one of those dogs, you need to not think of your dog that way. If you've got like the perfect dog, then I think that thing could be like in an in an operating room in a hospital or like standing beside a chef while he's working on the line. But most people don't invest the time in the dog to make it like the perfect dog. Instead, it just kind of like runs around sniffing asses and stuff like that. And those are the dogs that unfortunately people think that they should take to the airport. It's like it's like if you were walking down the mall or, or through a plus 15 and there's a there's a lady standing there in an apron. And that's all she's got on. No, she's fully dressed and she's got <laughs> Go a on. On. She's barbecuing in a plus 15, yes. <laughs> she opens up this pastry box and there's a bunch of donuts in there. And she says, hey, everyone, free donuts. That's that's fantastic, right? Right. If you're into donuts, hey, that's great. If you're not into donuts, no big deal, whatever. Yay, hooray, free donuts. Now, imagine if every store you walked into, people were like, hey, do you want some free donuts? Pretty soon. <laughs> You fucking hate donuts. You see what I'm getting at here? Wow. Wow. I see a dog every once in a while. That's fantastic. I see one dog at the airport. That's great. I don't want to see 50 fucking dogs at the airport. Is what I'm saying here. All right. I dig this. So here's an issue that, that I've got. There's that like we often will just take our dog places, assuming our dog wants to go to these places. Like, you know, when you drive your dog to the dog park. Yeah. Right. Okay, he's your dog. It might be excited to get in the car. Might be excited to get in the car. Right? Is not excited driving until well, they, your they, dog knows that they're at the dog park. Yeah, they they like the whole head out the window <laughs> thing for sure. But yeah, I see your point. Yeah, continue. Okay, I'll concede on this point then because I, I you do you do make a good point. I've just honestly of all the dogs I've ever had, none of them have been head out the window dogs, and that's actually kind of depressing. <laughs> But but so let's just go back to the, the case in point here about bringing the dog to the airport. People don't like going to airports. Why do you think dogs want to go to the airport? Like if you could ask your dog and your dog could respond honestly, hey, Betsy or whatever, Carl, do you want to go to the airport? Your dog would go, mm, no, I'll wait here while you swear at the price of parking. I'll sniff my ass. Right. Like, so I I just think that 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 you shouldn't force your dog to do things that reasonable humans don't want to do. Like if you're gone for a regular work day and you get home, your dog's pretty, pretty happy to see you, like excited to see you. Right. If you're gone for a week, your dog's even more excited to see you. Like if you've been gone for a few days, you've seen that thing where they they get so excited. They're like shaking and oh, my God, you're back. I thought you were gone forever. After that week, I don't think it gets bigger. You know what I mean? Like that dog can wait another 20 minutes or half an hour until you drive home from the airport to to greet you. I don't think that that's going to change much. 
the dog isn't going to lose it for that extra half hour, you know? You, you, you've reached, like, terminal absence. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, by I that can't, point. I, I'm not going to be more excited to see you. It's not going to hurt me to, to wait that extra half hour. The dog's probably not even thinking that you're alive anymore until you get home. And then, whoa, you're back. Doesn't having the dog in the airport kind of mess with the drug dogs at you know, like there's dogs that are working at the airport and it just sort of seems to me like you're bringing a dog onto an active job site. I don't yeah. think that's a very good idea. Well, and the dogs get very excited and there's probably some pee happening there, you know? Uh, yeah. I was just thinking about the drug dog for a sec. Sorry, I just kind of got caught because the drug dog's always really cute, right? Have you ever noticed that? It's never like a Rottweiler that's got a spiked collar on. It's always like a beagle. <laughs> or like so, like an adorable cocker spaniel, and then that's the guy that sends you to jail for, you know, ten right. years for smuggling heroin up your asshole or something like that. <laughs> like it's humiliating, and I, I think they do that on purpose because they could make the drug dog like a German Shepherd, and then you know you would have that picture in your mind like you were bested by like a truly you were vanquished by a truly worthy foe. But if it's like a Bichon Frise with like they've dyed the ears pink and stuff like that, or like a toy poodle with the puffy tail and paws. Big gigantic just... poodle, gigantic toy poodle. And he prances around the airport. And that's what he does when he finds drugs. He does this like prancing dance thing. Tip, tip, tap, tap, tap. And then the guys come over and the guys are like federales, Mexican federales with like M16s. You on the ground! And the poodle's just dancing on your back. <laughs> Are they they're going to test out some drug squirrels next? <laughs> Get the drug gerbils. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, That's what you meant, isn't it? <laughs> so, um, so what else were you talking about? Because we were talking about airports, right? Or was yes. it dogs? What, what started this conversation? Do you remember? Oh, I think we were, well, yeah, you were, you were talking about the dog going to the airport and how like – we don't need to be needlessly bringing dogs to places. I see. I just right. Yeah, yeah. And I agree with you. I, I think that the the reason why you have that opinion though is because people really suck at at getting their dog into the type of shape it needs to be in to go to places. I just always, I don't know. Maybe it's a symptom of this sort of you know liberalization of society where everybody can do whatever they want and everything's cool. We don't, you know, we, it's more important that everyone feel good than to worry about consequences or anything like that. And yet, uh, you know, people are like, "Oh, I have to have my animal with me all the time because it calms me down because I'm anxious." And then I'm like, "Oh, there's probably 15 people around you right now that are terrified of that dog. There's probably right. another five that are allergic to your dog." There's another three that are probably just annoyed by you having your dog around. Do you really need to have your dog everywhere, you know? Yeah, like the the cat on the airplane thing, right? Like, first of all, what the hell is going on in the world? And and people are bringing all all manner of beasts into airplanes now. And it feels weird for me to say this because I'm like certainly definitely a pro-animal guy, definitely a pro-dog guy. But, like, I don't think you should have your dog in the cabin. And I think that if you're going to f- try to fly somewhere with your animal, you have to bite the bullet and put it in a crate and put it underneath in that special area that they have where they strap your dog down so that it can fly safely in like the heated comfort. It sucks. And I've done it once. And I believe me, I hated doing it. But driving wasn't an option that particular time. And I had to bring the dog. So we did it. But it's just like I see the cat in the cabin and I've sat beside one and I asked the flight attendant, I'm like, uh, is there a cat within like 10 feet of me? She says, yes, sir. Is that a problem? Like, yes, I'm allergic to cats. And this is a four-hour flight from Toronto. 
Do you have another seat that I could sit in? We'll find you one, sir. I'm like, thank you very much. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you know what you're just saying about, like, how it was horrible to have to put your dog in a crate? That's part of the whole idea, as far yes. as I'm concerned. Yes. You, because you shouldn't be lightly just bringing your dog with you on a flight. This should be something you think long and hard about, right? Because otherwise, oh, sorry, but society disagrees with me because nowadays it should be like, <laughs> no, everyone should be able to bring their dog, you know, like go on, uh, go on the old Reddit there and talk about, uh, oh, I saw this dog in the C train and try to make a case that someone shouldn't bring a dog on a bus or a C train and just see what kind of verbal abuse you're, you're going to get from <laughs> the, uh, from the, uh, from the left wing. We accept everybody except that kind of bullshit attitude, right? <laughs> yeah, we're we're intolerant of that type of intolerance. Yeah, how dare you try to tell someone else what they can or can't do while I'm telling you what you can't do? <laughs> like you know, oh, it's such a it's such a struggle. I mean, yeah, I guess the bus on the the dog on the bus is the same as the dog on the on the airplane. But then if somebody comes on with a seeing eye dog and you're allergic to dogs, it's like, well, what are you gonna do? You know, like I think in that case you put up with it because that person has a dog for a very good reason. Right. It's yeah, not just no, because sure. like, well, I just wanted to go out and I wanted little, you know, <laughs> Muffy to come with me because I'm special, you know. But this, this emotional support animal thing though is kind of getting out of hand too, I think. Yeah, I you know what? If you have a, an animal and it makes you feel better to have that animal around, that's great. When you get home, you can hug that animal to, like crazy. Right. If you want to bring that animal everywhere with you, you're going to have to start going places that animals are allowed to be all the time. I'm not seeing why should there should be a special exception being made here. Right. I I, I really think, though, like, okay, so let's stereotype. Let's play a game of stereotype everybody for a second here, Dave. Okay. Uh, are, are Asians good at driving? No, I'm kidding. Um, so <laughs> are, think about the type of person who would m- most likely have uh, an emotional support animal. Most likely. Not the margins. Most likely. Think about that type of person. Okay. okay. Now think about that person in a doctor's office asking for a note that says this guinea pig is an emotional support animal. <laughs> okay? So you're picturing that scenario? Yeah. yeah. Now put yourself in the shoes of the doctor – and answer these two questions. A, do you want that person out of this office as quickly as possible? <laughs> and B, how will you accomplish that? Oh, I like it. I like that a lot. Because I think that's why it's blown up, right? This is um, this is Maud's emotional support canary. <laughs> What's louder? Something way louder. Emotional support. Macaw. Don- donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's getting weird. Like, you know, I don't want to be crabby old guy, but it's part of that sort of, you know, and I keep using the word liberalization. I don't mean it in terms of the political party, but just more in the the social freedom aspect of it. But the more the further left we go, the more everyone's going to have a chance to do whatever it is they want. And that maybe that is a good thing because everybody can be free to express themselves and be exactly how they want. But I guarantee you when everyone's expressing themselves and being exactly who they want, you're going to want to punch so many more people (laughs) than you do right now. Yeah. Um, I wonder how, what percentage of those like blue haired ladies with the bedazzled um, Corgi in the stroller 
are, would you call liberal or would you call them like like Trump banging conservatives? <laughs> That's right. I'm a hardcore conservative, but I have a bejazzled dog. National Talkie League, the only podcast that matters. Uh, literally impossible, Dave, to segue into the uh, bus crash um, from anything, including that outrageously hilarious chit chat about dogs. Um, but I don't know, like. It's it's such a weird. It's kind of a surreal moment. It's kind of a, it's such a weird um, thing to try to process because you have this like you know this idyllic kind of concept, which is the hockey team in this country. You know, it's it's there. It really it's a religion, right? And it's as though like the uh, the fantasy and the um, escape that hockey is uh, for this country was just like grabbed by the ankles and pulled down onto the real world when we lost, you know, all these kids who were, you know, trying to make their shot, like, you know, having a blast playing some, playing some hockey for the Humboldt Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's, 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 that's a tough one. I mean, you know, the social media has been just covered with it lately. Uh, Yeah. Horrible thing. Unimaginably horrible thing to happen to the parents, the kids, the community. Um, we don't know how it happened. We don't know whether it was fault or whether it was just a freak accident. Uh, not that it really matters, I guess, in the long term. But uh, yeah, uh, I, the only thing that I had to say about this was we we're looking at the social media aspect of it. So there's the good and the bad. So the, the good is uh, someone started up a GoFundMe and there's all kinds of money. That, you said it was something like $5 million? Yeah, it's, or? Like, it's like five or six million bucks already. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's amazing. And uh, hopefully that'll go a long way to help out with costs and, you know, funeral expenses and that kind of thing for the families and uh, maybe help them to heal up a little bit there. Um, the part that I find a little weird and I, and I feel a little callous even bringing it up, but, you know, it's that whole thing that where, where something happens, people on Facebook, they change their photos so that it has a little Humboldt thing at the bottom, like, yeah, you know, yeah. we're part of the team now. I don't know. That that just strikes me as that, that slacktivism that we were talking about. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I remember when uh, Charlie Hebdo happened in in Paris, right? When the terrorists shot up the cartoon magazine Charlie Hebdo and killed a bunch of people. And then all those, you know, all the Je suis Charlie stuff was happening. And I remember kind of being like obviously thousands of miles away in Calgary uh, from the, you know, from ground zero on that one. And just thinking to myself, I had never heard of this magazine before today. Like I, like I think that attacking the press for criticizing you is is pretty um you know juvenile and all the bad words but um and my charlie like i don't know and i mean i was a freaking talk show host like i was the type of person who could get away with saying just sweet charlie but at the same time i was kind of like all right well it just sort of seems like we're trying to join a, a procession so that yeah i kind of i see what you're saying and then i try to think of it from the other side too right like if i was um, <clears throat> one of the parents or one of the boys, or if I was, you know, uh, that intimately affected by this tragedy, right? Um, would that sort of support from virtually everybody in the nation be especially meaningful to me? And maybe it is, and maybe then that's its place, and that's why it's such a great thing, right? 
You know what? I think you're right, Raj. I think you've uh, swayed me on this one. Uh, while you're talking there, I was also thinking, yeah, maybe it's just that maybe those people have kids who are on hockey teams themselves and they're, you know, trying to imagine what it would be like to be in that place. So, yep, I think I'm just being a little callous. I think you're uh, you're bang on there. I don't know if you're being callous. It's just it's hard to talk about these things, right? Because you don't want to say the wrong thing or you're, like you're certainly never trying to offend anybody in a situation like this. But it's, you know, and it's it's almost as though we we lose the rationality to be able to process an argument for what it is, right? Instead of being like, oh, Dave, you prick. We should be like, uh, I see why you say that, Dave. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard, right? Emotions being what they are. Well, and this is an odd one because at this point, again, as far as I know, there's been no, you know, no one's figured out why or how this accident happened. Um, so there's yeah. no one to, there's no one to blame, right? Yeah. I think and it's pe- hard. Yeah. Well, I just, I was going to say, I think they're piecing it together, but I mean, it's, it's going to make things worse, right? It's almost better if we don't know. Well, well, yeah. I mean, at this point, there's no, like, there's no bad guy. There's no one we can rail against, right? Which is maybe the worst kind of tragedy where something happens. There is no explanation for it. And it's a lot harder to, to rationalize it or to deal with it because we can't say, oh, that fucking gunman who went in there with right. the, the gun and shot up those kids. It's his fault or it's, it's you know, the Russians' fault for turning him or something like that. This is just a ter- terrible thing that happened, right? Yeah, I read today yeah. there was a bus in India that went over a cliff or something with twelve kids in it, and it's that kind of thing. Those those ones kind of hit me the hardest because number one, you know, anything involving kids seems to make things much worse because there's all that potential that will never happen. Uh, and being a parent, I mean, that's pretty sure. rough because you're starting to thinking about that. But there's also that like that you know you can't. There's no one to scream at. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no one to blame. It makes it yeah. harder. Um, but you know who we can scream at about other things? <laughs> well, you know, there is a segue here and it's like, <laughs> okay, so Kinder Morgan on Saturday night, <laughs> right? Right when the prime minister is off to Humboldt, I think, to go to, you know, to do something around this tragedy, the pipeline news gets delivered to him. The Kinder Morgan is basically halting um, progress on the pipeline and they're putting up this May 31st deadline to get it sorted out. Otherwise we're out of here. And uh, I read that in Iverson's column, by the way, in the, in the post, so I, I, you know, he's pretty good. I assume it to be the case. Um, but shit, Dave, like this, this, I guess we could have seen this coming or maybe we should have seen this coming. I know some people who are posting on, on LinkedIn that they definitely did see this coming, but if Kinder Morgan, like if you can't build a pipeline where there's already a pipeline, this country is just hooped. Well, it's ridiculous. I mean, Kinder Morgan is not a company that is, uh, you know, begging for work anywhere. Uh, there's lots of pipeline that can be put down in the States where there's tons and tons of, you know, shale oil to be had. So, <laughs> you know what, Canada, you don't want our business? Great. We're going to go somewhere else and uh, and build. We'll spend our money somewhere else, right? Yeah. I mean, the company's based in Houston. Yeah. So, you know, if they, and, and that's all this, like, you don't even have to really overthink this, right? Like, you've got an American, a company with, a multinational company, basically, that is looking at the Kinder Morgan Trans Mountain Pipeline and just going, you know what, it's just not worth the headache for us. Like, well, like you said, Dave, we'll go elsewhere. We'll, we'll, there's easier places for us to spend our money and pay people, and uh, that's what we're going to do. And so, like, great job, you fucking dummies in Burnaby. Like, you, you, 
you got it to this point. No doubt they're popping biodegradable champagne corks and pouring them into strawless. I don't know. I'm trying to ridicule them. But like, you know, like great, great job victory here. The prime minister now is going to be at odds with the very uh, progressives that he had to uh, woo to get elected at the numbers that he did. And the reason why the prime minister is going to be at odds with them is because he requires this pipeline to get built. And do you know why he requires this pipeline to get built? Because he already spent the fucking money on you fucking dummies. He needs the cash to pay for these stupid deficits that they're ringing up. And without these pipelines and these resource uh, resources getting to market – you you are shortchanging yourself. This is a hilarious calamity here that uh, that we we can point the finger squarely at at these these progressives on the coast, and uh, we're going to catch Trudeau in the crossfire pretty soon here too. Someone online was talking about like, oh, don't worry, Trudeau will get involved because he needs to. He needs to, you know, woo those voters in Alberta and Saskatchewan. And I was like, oh, yeah, all those huge number of liberal voters in Alberta and Saskatchewan. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, the thing that I thought was really funny was uh, I could almost see some guy at Kinder Morgan looking over and going, wow, that that premier of BC, like just barely hanging on to power right now, right? Like just tenuously gripping with his fingernails. The very edge of remaining in power. Hey, guys, hold my beer. Watch this. <laughs> I'm going to go throw an ultimatum and topple the government in B.C. Watch this. Well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it, it's in Burnaby where the, the pipeline ends, right? And, you know, that's progressive country. Like, that's the, that's the city of Vancouver, basically, the lower mainland. And that's where you're going to see the left. But the people that want this pipeline to go through you know like like province-wide there are more people that want this pipeline to go through because they're the ones who are going to reap the benefits in terms of highways and schools and hospitals and stuff like these aren't even nuanced arguments like this is just kind of table stakes now people understand i think people seem to understand quite well that when you pull oil out of the ground you sell it for money and then the people that get that money are the people that a earn it they, then they pay income tax, and then there's also royalties, and there's taxes, and all that shit goes and makes hospitals and schools and roads that schools and hospitals especially that progressives really want. So I think it's bloody hilarious. And the the funniest part of this whole episode to me, Dave, is that like if 10 years ago, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you would have never, ever been able to predict that there would be an NDP government in both Alberta and British Columbia. Right? Yeah. And now, yeah. now they are doing everything they can to screw it for each other. You've got Rachel Notley saying BC has to know that they can't mess with Alberta. And then you've got Hulk Horgan over there screwing this pipeline and Alberta's and like he just made it a layup for Jason Kenney to get elected. I've been certain that it's going to happen on this podcast in the past, but now it's like I would bet I would take all of the money that I have and bet it on Kenny getting elected because it's a more sure thing now than ever before. This is like watching WrestleMania and you've got like the British Bulldogs on one side of the ring looking at each other gobsmacked as axe and smash of demolition beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, it's not going to be pretty for sure. Uh, that pipeline doesn't go through. Uh, Notley's pretty much finished. If it does go through, I still don't see it as being a big win for her. 
it might sway some people that are already sort of considered not voting on the right. I don't think it'll sway a lot of voters on the right anyway. But so it's like a she has to win it, right? She has to get that pipeline through. Yeah, it doesn't matter though, because if she gets that one, then people will look at it and go, "What about Energy East? What happened there?" <laughs> yeah, great, great job. What? Well, what else did you do? Yeah, no, I, I mean, arguably, I think she's finished. Uh, but then the question is, what's going to happen in BC? Like. If this thing fails, is there going to be some uproar from the from the populace in BC? You know, if if Kinder Morgan doesn't happen, is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I I, I think that like because because the the point is that it's so tenuous, right? The reason why the NDP are leading this government and taking this stand is because they need the three Green Party MLAs to make up the the balance of power. You got forty one yeah. NDs. 43 liberals and three green parties. So the three and 41 is 44. And that's why they're, they're the government. But the, the joke is, is that like, you know, that this is going to ruin Horgan's political career. And I, the, the, the funny thing in all of it to me is that you've, you're going to have the prime minister come to town and sit him down and say, look, we cut you a check every year in the neighborhood of $6 billion. And this is the, uh, this is where, um, uh, Trevor, please forgive me. Trevor Toome, <clears throat> I'm about to talk about equalization payments. Please forgive me. Actually, no, I'm talking about health transfer payments. So I think I think Trevor knows that I, I got an edge here. Um, so anyway, the prime minister can sit down with him and say, look, you get all this money from us. Some of that money comes from resources from Alberta. So if you want this cash so that you can be seen as the premier who provides, then you provide for the rest of the country. Because Trudeau has said in his own words, the pipeline is going to get built. So I don't know what kind of strong arm tactics or what kind of, you know, horse trading is going to be done uh, to make sure that that pipeline gets built. But I will be I think that Trudeau will lose all credibility and the Liberal Party with it if he is not able to make the economic argument, the constitutional argument to the premier of British Columbia that that pipeline happens. Yeah, Okay. Yeah, it's, I don't know, I just, it's, you know, Dave, on paper, this is a disaster for the country. Like, you know, we've been kind of following the story and it's a lot of misbehaving children and, you know, saber uh, rattling and brandishing and whatnot. But like on paper, you've got it where one province, it thinks that it can fuck things up for the other nine and the three territories. And it's like, you know, when they when they devised this country and when they when they pleaded with British Columbia to join, we're going to connect you with a railroad, like be part of Canada. When they devised this this dominion, they were cognizant that there would be, you know, different trade interests and that we have to have a cooperative agreement. And these guys right now, these these guys and, and, and Quebec and, you know, uh, uh, you know, the mayor of, of Montreal and all the boroughs like these guys are all complicit in this conspiracy to screw the country, uh, to screw Alberta, and and in so doing, screw the country. And it's stunning to me that they've been allowed to get away with it for this long. Well, yeah, and like you said, they're taking money out of their own pockets. It's ridiculous. Yep. Absolutely. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, yeah, someone in uh, in Ontario was talking today about like, oh, we're tired of hearing about Alberta and the, the oil and the gas. Enough already. You know, just shut it all down. Who cares? And I was like, oh, so you're not a fan of the country. 
Well, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Well, you know that Alberta's economy provides a big engine to drive our economy, right? Like we, that, that oil and gas makes a buttload of money, not only for Alberta, but for the entire country as well. Oh, well, yeah, but uh, Ontario makes a lot of money. Yeah, Ontario does make a lot of money. But you know what's better than making a lot of money? Making a lot of money and then making a lot of money as well on the side, <laughs> right? Like, why would we? Uh, it's it's so stupid. It gets so, uh, you know, uh, uh, tribalized. Sure. Yeah, that's what it is. It's all tribes now, right? Oh, well, we don't want you putting your stuff through here. It's like, I just wish there was some way where you could go, oh, we'll, just, we'll send it slightly above you guys. <laughs> Let's get that Yukon pork going. Let's do it. Yeah, man. I would love it if we, ugh. Yeah. It sucks to be Alberta. Or, uh, you know, the, the, the prime minister goes back and says, oh, yeah, we're taking the very, we're taking a pipeline length off of the top of British Columbia. That is no longer part of British Columbia. This is now a federal throughway. Right. You know how you have like when you when yeah. in the neighborhood, you got that little piece of land where the, the crosswalks are, where the little the, like the catwalks, you know, between yeah. the houses that doesn't belong to anybody. Right. That's a little throughway. That's city land. So same thing here. This is federal <laughs> land. We're taking it back. It doesn't belong to anybody. We're going to put a pipeline through here. You know, that idea has been floated um, a number of times in the past. I think Lougheed floated it at one point in time as well. But to just have the same way that you've got a railway that cuts across the country. To have a utility throughway, right? So, and and to just say, like, look, we're we're these are the lines. Like, you know, it's going to be at this uh, this degrees latitude, and there are these two degrees latitude. And then to just say, we're going to have trains and pipes, and maybe a big highway running right through there. And the that's that's what that corridor is going to be for. The man who came up with that concept, Roger, was a guy named Emin Domain. That was his name. He Is that was, right? yeah, eminent, eminent domain. Emin, eminent domain. Oh, neat. Tell me more about this guy. And he was all like, you know, sometimes it's more important for everybody that something get built, regardless of how people in the area feel about it. So we should just build it there. And people went, you know what, eminent? You have a weird name, but I think you're right. All right, look, I'm calling bullshit on you, so I'm going to go ahead and just Google that. Wow, that's true. This guy's name is on literally every court case when somebody went to dispute a pipeline running through their property. Wow. Guys, I, I've done this a thousand times. You got to trust <laughs> me on this. This is a good idea. If it wasn't, I wouldn't have won every court case. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just for a minute there, I was wishing I was Ken Gardner because I could have pulled that off. <laughs> I don't, I don't get. I don't get to play the guy who doesn't know stuff very often. <laughs> so, do you think that that there's a happy ending in this in the Kinder Morgan story? Well, yeah. So that's a question: is what goes down here? Does does Burnaby back down? Is Burnaby just after something from the provincial government? The provincial government's going to make him a sweet offer. They're going to be like, yeah, okay, I guess. Which provincial government? Ours or or BC? Well, the BC, right? They're going to have to do something because, like. Burnaby said Burnaby doesn't have its own cops, right? They've got RCMP. Um, well, I shouldn't say they don't have their own cops. They don't have a municipal police force, but they have said they're not going to pay RCMP overtime wages because the city agrees the pipeline shouldn't end there. So, like, there's no will to enforce the law. That's illegal, by the way. Like, that should be illegal. Can you imagine if there was like 
some guy held up in a shack with a whole bunch of explosives right beside a school and the city would let the cops go. Well, we don't need to enforce that law after 5 p.m., you guys. So see you here Monday, <laughs> 9 o'clock sharp. All right, don't be late. Um, anyway, so the, the city doesn't want to pay the cops. So there's like no will to enforce the law. There's no will to enforce the Constitution. And it's like I, I my prediction is that Kinder Morgan is gone now. Like, I, you know, they'll be happy to embarrass a liberal government. And see if the conservatives can get it together and win a government down the road here and then come back and say, yeah, we're willing to invest in your country as long as you don't have jackasses sitting at the helm. So I think that that the company from Houston will be pleased to embarrass Justin Trudeau on this one. And then Trudeau will have no no course but to buy part of the pipeline to take a stake in the in the infrastructure project. Rachel Notley's already said she would do that. Shockingly, Jason Kenney agreed with her, said it's a good idea. So I think that's how it's going to end up happening, that that the taxpayers are going to be on the hook for a part of this. And I think that, frankly, it should be British Columbia taxpayers who pay most of their tax in the municipality of Burnaby who should shoulder most of the load, but reap none of the benefits. <laughs> well, you, and, and you, you keep seeing the numbers, too. Like and you said it earlier, it's not that everyone in British Columbia is against this pipeline. There's a minority of people in British Columbia that are opposed to the pipeline. It just happens to be the ones that are standing in the way of it, right? Yep. So when, so is it the tyranny of the minority now? Like, how many people have to be opposed to this thing before we can actually stop it? Does it have to be just the mayor of Burnaby who happens to be opposed to it? Is that enough to stop a pipeline from happening? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, what was the straw? Right? Was it was it the whole uh, stall tactic that the BC government did that said we want more? Um, uh, reason more study done, or was it the, you know, the inability for these guys to get job work done because there are people tying themselves to the fence? Well, yeah, I mean, Kinder, Kinder Morgan's got no win in uh, getting their people hurt and getting bad press and having to, you know, beat up protesters and stuff like that, right? Right. There's nothing. There's nothing in it for them. There. The only thing that's in it for them is to earn some money, right? And if they know that pipeline's not going through or likely to not go through. Hey, let's just pull stakes, right? There's no point. Yeah. Yeah, we can get oil to our customers from elsewhere. Yeah. No. Yeah. Anyway, I think we've kind of flogged this one for another week. <laughs> It'll be interesting to watch though, man. I really think this is Trudeau's moment where he's going to have to prove us all wrong, but you'll pardon me if I'm not optimistic. Talking League. Worth every penny. All right, so I saw something interesting online this week, uh, and it was a person who uh, was living somewhere, I think somewhere hot, and for some inexplicable reason was saying, oh, you know, I miss small towns and I miss the terrain, so I want to move to Alberta and live there for half the year. And I said, oh, it's just going to snow that half of the year. doesn't matter which half you choose. Uh, but so is it interesting? So here's the question, Roger. If you had to move to Alberta, and I know you don't because you already live here, but if you had to move to Alberta and not to Calgary and not to Edmonton, I'm going to leave the other cities in there because they're smaller, right? Where do you live? You live anywhere in Alberta you want. 
cost is not an object. You can live. I'm going to give you the funds to, to have a nice house wherever you want to live. Where do you live? Well, okay. I mean, if there's no call for practicality whatsoever, then I guess it's pretty easy to say Bamp for Jasper or Canmore, right? All right. So you so you easily just chose three different places. Easily just chose like the resort towns where it's like impossible to get <laughs> uh, to get your own lodging. Okay, but I mean like Canmore, I think is a pretty easy easy answer if money's no object yeah. and like you know. Um, so, but you know, the, I'll go with the answer that I was originally going to give, having thought about it briefly. But you know, when you're driving out to um, you know to Canmore and you go past Seeb and Exshaw. Right, so like the uh, what's the Lafarge plant out there? I guess or the concrete plant on yep. on Lac des Arc, right? Yep. And there's a little town tucked in behind there. I've driven through there a couple of times, and every time I drive through, it just strikes me like this is a really quiet little pocket of the wilderness that is that is probably you know uh, like pretty amazing. Like if all you wanted to do was get up four days a week and just like walk for dozens of kilometers and never see the same tree twice. Like you could really do it there. So I might suggest that that's a good spot. You're not far from, from um, all of the amenities of a big city. Uh, You're near one of the coolest national park playgrounds in North America. And at the same time, it's, you know, pitch black at night, which is kind of cool. Yeah. You know, I think you're right. Uh, So I don't know what's, so what's that highway? uh, If you take, if you go that other route, not the, not on the, the trans Canada. I think that'd be one a though. Is it the one a yeah, the one a right. So I think we, I'll look it up. We've gone back that way a couple of times and you're absolutely right. That's a fantastic drive. Beautiful scenery. We pulled over. There was a big pond, walked over to the pond, not a car in sight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. I think that's a nice little area there. Um, what about one X maybe one highway one X, not one. A. What is, uh, what about to the South? To the so south that was, of us? You gave us a good west answer. Okay. So what about to the south? You have to you have to live south of Calgary now. Okay. You're going to play along too, though, Yeah, I'll right? play along Do too. we agree? Do, is our western pick the same then? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I would have said Canmore probably, yeah. I think that's okay. about right. South of us. Um, it's easy to say Waterton again, right? Um, is there a town there? It, I, don't, I don't know Waterton very well. Yeah, there's a little town site there. Um, it's cute for sure. Uh, what about Fort McLeod has always seemed like a kind of a neat little spot to me. Um, and then anything there's so, okay. I know what I would say. Actually, I would say, um, like Pincher Creek area. Okay. It's really beautiful down there around, you know, highway three and highway 22. I've always thought like that there's just, it's just stunning down there. I've driven through there maybe like 20 or 30 times on various road trips and always come home through that area. And it's just like, you know, as soon as you get from, uh, what would that be? Lundbrick down there on highway 22 and and highway three, it just like looks so amazing. I've never been as far South as Beaver mines. I'd really like to go to Beaver mines because I think that there are many great jokes that you could make traveling to Beaver mines with your wife. Um, so I'm going to just say Beaver Mines. That's my pick <laughs> south of Calgary, Beaver Mines. Yeah, I was thinking somewhere in the Crow's Nest past, except I can't stand wind anymore. I've just oh, lived yeah. on the edge of the city for too long. It just drives me crazy when it's windy. So Lethbridge would be right out. 
Yeah, probably somewhere somewhere along the crow's nest, I think. I don't know if I have a specific location. Maybe right. Frank Slide. Lots of rocks. <laughs> you know, it was a great place to live, but it is just, it has really gone downhill fast. Oh, oh, goodness. What about Fern? Let's, let's, let's say Fernie. <laughs> sure. I thought this guy's moving to Alberta, though. No, we're taking it back. Remember, we talked we're to Trevor about this. Back. We're taking it back. Screw those guys. Right. <laughs> they want okay, to be part uh, of Alberta anyway. Let's go north now. This one should be a little easier because most of the province is that way. How far north? Is there a qualifier here or can I just say Sundry? Because Sundry is amazing. If that's your favorite place to the north, then Sundry it is. I'd be like Sundry or Rocky Mountain House, something like that. Yeah, I think you're right. I was gonna. I was thinking Sundry myself. So, What about east? Is right, there anything no east? <laughs> no, there's really – Well, no offense, uh, eastern Alberta, but uh, – But Drumheller, would that be all right? Yeah, I think – Drumheller would be fine. See, the thing about Drumheller to me is it's kind of like I just have a bad, you know, uh, outlook on it because it was sort of like this one-hit wonder when I was a little kid. It was like I've seen the dinosaur. You know, this is before a guy we know named Warren started building up that museum and turning it awesome. <laughs> oh, it's like I've seen the big paper mache dinosaur that you can climb up into. I'm over it. I don't want to go back there. Yeah, Warren Nichols, who used to work at Loose Moose many moons ago. Uh, amazingly talented, uh, went on. He does a lot of the, uh, the, I was going to say diorama. I don't think, I think that under sells it, does not do it justice. Uh, oh, it's freaking uh, set design is what it is. The set design. building yeah. sets for Jurassic Park for a living. It's his gig. Anyways, he's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, he gave us a little tour the last time we went there. And he was like, yeah, this is 40 million years old. Here, hold on to that for a second. It's like, what? <laughs> awesome. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Every time I think this is, I'm not trying to insult the people of Drumheller, but I'm about to. Uh, every time I think of like living out in Drumheller or out in the Badlands, I just just think about the movie Tremors, right? And that's that's what it is in my head, 100 <laughs> percent of the time. There's um, it's hard for me to find a spot here. I've got like a, a negative association because. We always, I remember like so many freezing car road trips to Rosetown, Saskatchewan. So we would always drive the same road, right? Like you'd go through Drumheller, then you'd go up to Hannah, and then through Oyen, and then Alsask, and you're into Saskatchewan. And it's like, I literally just dreaded every single kilometer on those roads. But I remember um, this one time coming home from Saskatchewan with my wife. And we stopped for gas in this town called Jenner. And like Jenner is not really a town. Like Jenner is some guy built a gas station and they were supposed to come back and get him, but they didn't. And so he's still there. Um, and so that's Jenner, Alberta. Anyway, there's a gas station and there's a hotel because way back in the day, every hotel, like the only way you could sell beer was if you had a hotel. So there's hotels in all these towns when you know no one's ever bought a room to stay the night. So we went to the hotel in Jenner. And asked them if they knew who owned the gas station and if they could get him to come open it up because we need gas and it's a Sunday. And they were like, oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll give him a call. And so we sat there and we drank like a couple bottles of Labatt Blue because it took forever for this guy to get to the gas station. <laughs> anyway, long story short, he never showed up. We never got our gas. I think that they were just like, why don't you guys sit down and spend some money? <laughs> I bet you, I bet you $20 today that the guy who runs that gas station was either – currently in the bar drinking or he owned the bar that we were drinking in and didn't want to cross the street. Nice. 
Okay, so there's so Jenner. That's what I would say. Go to Jenner. (laughs) Yeah, there's Al Sask. Is there Sask man? Uh, I don't know if there's one on the other side. I think there's like Saskalta somewhere though, isn't there? Saskalta. Okay. What about Bacal? What, what would that be, Bacal? Bacalberta? No. Like Albertumbia. It, it doesn't seem fair that there's only one. Every province should be forced on the border to create a mashup of the two names. Yes, yeah, so the portmanteau of Portage La Prairie. There should be more portmanteau city names. I like it. I like it. Where's your I, eastern Alberta spot? Uh, oh, God. I... <laughs> It's 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 so true, right? Like it's so funny because for all the knock on on Saskatchewan, like oh, it's such a boring province. Anybody in Saskatchewan could go. You know, you guys are like more than half Saskatchewan over there. I uh, this is a a little known fact, but I was born in uh, in Montreal. Well, in Belleau, mm-hmm. just outside of Montreal. Technically, I was born in Montreal, but lived outside of it till I was about right. five. But uh, I am such a Westerner now that I don't even drive to the east side of town, nevertheless, <laughs> leave town to the east. We were talking about this other than an occasional trip to, you know, Florida to go to Disney World. I don't even fly east for the most part. Like we go west. When is it time for vacation? Buddy of mine, great, good friend of mine, Jason, I don't know if you're listening, uh, invites me out to Toronto. Oh, come on out to Toronto. It'll be great. And I'm like, dude. I fly maybe twice a year. Toronto's not going to be one of them. I am not wasting a flight on Toronto. Not when I, I can go to Palm Springs or yeah. San Diego or something like that. Why? Why would I even do that? Oh, it's so hard, right? It's like, it's not a knock on Toronto. It's just that it's not better than other options. Yeah. Like I have, you know, same thing. It's like, hey, do you want to go to Toronto? I'm like, yeah, we Toronto would be great. Or, or we could go somewhere awesome. <laughs> or we get a cheaper flight that takes half the time and go to L.A. where they have everything. <laughs> right. It's, you know, Toronto, it's like. Oh, is, know, is that too far pizza's... away? Oh, go to Seattle. It's still better than Toronto <laughs> and it's still even closer. Sorry. Sorry. I cut you off. Go ahead. No, no. It's, it's, I was going to bring Seattle into this for sure. But it's like Toronto's wonderful. And like. Pizza Hut pizza is wonderful too, right? And so somebody's like, hey, do you want to have Pizza Hut pizza? I'm like, yeah, look, I'm not going to balk at Pizza Hut pizza, but why don't we get really, why don't we get better pizza from one of the places, better pizza places? It's the same argument. Mm-hmm. I'm going to spend four hours and, a, and you know, a thousand bucks to go to Toronto, or I could spend three hours and $500 and go to Las Vegas. So you tell me. Yeah. Okay, Roger. This is important. This is important and germane to the conversation. It may also be Tito to the conversation. (laughs) But is it your majesty? Every time I do that one. I don't know. (laughs) It's never any funnier. But so uh, can't stand the weather anymore. There was a nice little seat sale going on. So I booked me a flight. So I'm going to go to uh, San Diego for a few days. Really? This is true? Yeah, like a Thursday coming back on the Monday kind of thing, right? Oh, can I go? Uh, I could go. Yeah, sure. I could go. This is the part okay, go you're going to want to go to, Roger. All this right. is where you're going to get a little excited, where you're going to get a little flutter for a second. Oh. All right. San Diego Padres, St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, that's awesome. 
I, I have no idea if it, either of those teams are good. I know the Padres are generally not good. Yeah, I was uh, going to say the Padres are not good. I saw them play the Dodgers once in San Diego. I've never seen the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't particularly know or care about them. But this is the awesome part. I'm going to bring my wife to a baseball game, I think, for the first time yeah. ever, Major League. Yeah. And bring both my kids to a Major League game for the first time ever. Ah, this is the best story. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you. When is this happening? Uh, in uh, May. Second week of May. Oh, it's delightful, man. So I, I hate to tell you this, and it won't matter, but you're going to see two of the worst teams in the National League play, <laughs> play baseball. Excellent. Um, but, oh, man, that's going to be a treat, dude. I'm really, really excited to hear about but, your experience. And that would only be like a tragedy if we really knew or cared a lot about baseball, right? Exactly. I, I mean, mean, I don't know. I, for a while, I was on a streak, right? I went to see the, the Giants play. At yeah. uh, what's there's AT and T Park, that's right. Won the World Series that year, right? I went to uh, Wrigley Field in Chicago, and that year the Chicago Cubs won the World Series. So you nice. never know. It's probably not going to be the Padres, <laughs> maybe the Cardinals. I don't know. <laughs> but you're going to be the the blessed goat. <laughs> that's right. Um, so and it's funny because the last time I was down there, I think I went down. Uh, I just went down for a trip. Cause I wanted to get better at surfing. So I went down and I took like a four day, like surfing class. I remember this. Yeah. So I go down yeah. and get up in the morning I go over, I do some surfing and then just whatever for the rest of the day, wander around, check out San Diego, drive up to Legoland. Who are we kidding? Like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, so one night I went over to the uh, stadium cause I figured, Hey, I'll go watch a baseball game. That'll be fun. And they had <laughs> the, the true baseball fans won't care about this, but they had a section, one section in the park. And it was the all-you-can-eat section. Oh, yeah. And so as you walk in, sort of the main, the main like, concourse area, I guess they call it, before you go down the stairs, uh, they just had all these trays laid out. And they had hot dogs, like tray, like, you know, warmer after warmer with hot dogs. And there was peanuts. And there, I'm trying to remember what else was there, popcorn, like just all the stuff you'd buy at a ballpark. And it was basically all-you-can-eat. And so you'd go up, you'd grab something and walk back down and... You know, every once in a while, there's lots of people just hanging out, young kids or whatever, and they'd be like, "Does anybody want anything? I'm going up." You're like, "Yeah, give me a hot dog." <laughs> oh, that's phenomenal! Fantastic. I don't know if they still do it, but if they do, I'll probably get seats there because then my kids can at least eat their faces off while they ignore the, the baseball game, right? They have to get sick, right? I mean, that's like I think that's a rite of passage for every child going to a stadium, a major American stadium. Is like you have to get like. Ebola level sickness from too much <laughs> ballpark food. It strikes me that San Diego would be the type of place to do that because it's like we just need people to come. <laughs> we know the team's going to be terrible. We just need you to come. Right? Yeah, they'll have like crazy promotions going on there. That's man. This is going to be so much fun. I gotta, I gotta live vicariously through your Facebook during that uh, awesome. during that stretch. I will take some video for you. Um, I've never sat in the bleachers. We might do that if they don't have. Uh, if they don't have uh, the, the all-you-can-eat section. <laughs> Although, I don't know. Is it expensive to sit in the bleachers? It might be. No, no, no. It's, it's supposed to be the cheap seats, seats right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. We might do and that. And it's called, very cultural out there, too. Yeah. My wife, yeah. my wife was very – she's like, well, what if the kids get bored? I was like, then we leave? I don't know. Like, who cares? <laughs> and it's like, uh, we're going to be at a baseball game for three hours. They're going to get bored. <laughs> <laughs> There's zero chance this is not going to happen. 
Yeah, do you think they're going to be on the edge of their seat at a baseball game? No one... <laughs> No one's on the edge of their seat at a baseball game. Honey, it's two shitty ball clubs, and it's April. They're going to be <laughs> bored out of their minds. Uh, I, re- I mean, I remember going to the Cubs game with one of my buddies, and he's a huge Cubs fan. And he, he was getting up and walking around during the game, right? So. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny, right? Like, baseball is such an interesting sport because there are so many different – types of like different ways that a game can play out. So like, you know, my dad and I have been to a bunch of major league baseball games together. And one of the best ones that we saw was um, this pitcher's duel in Seattle. The Mariners were playing the Expos. So this is how long ago this was. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I forget who was pitching for the Mariners. Vasquez was going for the Expos and they battled into like the ninth inning, both of these pitchers. And it was the final score was two to one. And like, Vasquez stranded a whole bunch of base runners. Anyway, I'm getting kind of into the stats here, but did the, did the did did Trejo come in for the save on that one or uh, no? Trejo did not come in uh, for the save. Dave, where Dick, uh, ruining my memory with my father. No, um, but we walked out of that out of that game and we were just like, hey, you know, that was really fun. Like that was a real gutsy pitchers duel. We got to see you know some really you know, you know some really gutty baseball. It was good stuff. Contrast that with a game that we saw in. Boston, where the Red Sox were hosting the Devil Rays on Nomar Garcia Perez's birthday, and the final score was like twenty-two to one <laughs> for for Boston, and uh, we were just like, that was fun. Like it was a circus. Every time the the Red Sox came up, you just kind of wondered how many more baseballs they could hit into the seats. It was <laughs> two totally different ball games, but a real blast each time. So I've looked up the uh, a few of the days we're going to be in town there uh, when the Cardinals are in town. The Rockies come to town just after we leave. Um, but, uh, so here I'll, I'll tell you what the promotion and the game highlights will be. And you can tell me which, okay. which of the three nights I should go. Okay. Go so the Sunday, Sunday, the afternoon game, uh, with the promotion is a Greg Vaughn 98 commemorative bobblehead, commemorative bobblehead. Okay. okay. The game highlights a military salute, the salute to the military spouse. Okay. The Friday, uh, the, the Friday we have party in the park and beer fest. Oh, yeah. And the promotion is a Ken Caminin- Caminiti? Ken Caminiti. Ken, Cam- Ken, Ken Caminiti. Ken Caminiti, 98 commemorative ball. It must be the last time they did anything good, 98, right? Uh, yeah. So, sorry, what's the highlight? Uh, the, and the, the, the highlight is the party in the park and beer fest. And then Saturday. Oh, wait, 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 a, second, wait a second. Stop for a second yeah, here. Yeah. Before you go on to Saturday. Yeah. I asked you what the highlight was, and you said the highlight was... Party in the park and beer fest. Well, they have they have a thing called game highlight. So yeah. So here I can I can read you what it says here. Is that, is that what you want? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hit it. Pre-game happy hour in park at the park from four thirty to seven, featuring five dollar beer specials from local and national breweries and live music. That's the okay. party in the park. Okay. That's so we're listening to some tunes and we're we're getting kind of kind of wasted, right? Yeah. Okay. Now read me the one from the night before, please. From the. The Thursday or the Sunday one that I was talking about? Yeah, the Sunday one that you were talking about. The salute to the military spouse. Oh, okay. Because if these are both the highlights, they seem quite contrasting. It just says, presented by USAA. That's literally all it says. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just think it's really weird that the highlight can be so variably different. There's all, Oh, and, that's, uh, and it's Mother's Day that day, too. The, that's the Sunday. Uh, right. They have kids run the bases for 14, kids 14 and younger. 
they can uh, they can run around the bases, I guess. Uh, All right. And then the Saturday, which is what I'm thinking about going to, the promotion is the Trevor Hoffman 98 commemorative mm. bobblehead. And uh, they got some post-game fireworks going on that night. Oh, that'll be fun. That just seems like, yeah, that's probably the one because they got fireworks. So what are, yeah. what are tickets going to cost? What's your guess? I'm looking up the tickets right now. I don't, we're wasting a lot of podcast uh, time talking about my stupid baseball. <laughs> no, no, no. Saturday night in, in, in San Diego, you could probably get in four tickets for like 30 bucks a piece. 30 bucks Down man. there. Yeah. I mean, right. I always buy them on the walk-up, the scalpers. If you go after the game's already started, then you won't have as much foot traffic and your kids will be less bored. You'll miss the national anthems and all that salute to militaries and shit like that. If, the, if you go for that, if you want to get there early. Uh, it'll be 20 years, Dave, since the Padres won the National League pennant. So that's why they're that's the, honoring all these guys. The 98. Um, okay. Yeah. I imagine then that you'll have a Tony Gwynn bobblehead on on one end of that homestand. Uh, oh, yeah. They're convertible. I think they were running a whole yeah. bunch of them. So, but if, you, if, you're, if you're going just for the bobblehead, you want the Trevor Hoffman bobblehead, I think. He was the saves leader that year. That's the one I want to go after, hey? Yeah. All right, I'm just looking at seeing what what I don't know how this map actually works, but it it's okay. Uh, we don't need to waste a lot of time doing this, but it does look like there are a number of seats available between the nineteen and forty dollar range. Oh yeah, yeah. There you'll have no difficulty getting tickets to a Padres game. <laughs> San Diego is not what you would call a sports town right now. I don't know if you heard about their NFL team, but um, they don't have one anymore. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's twist this one up, Dave, and, and uh, um, we'll help you stub hub some tickets, and we'll uh, relieve the beleaguered talkies of of this expedition that we are trying to set you off on. <laughs> of this nightmare of listening to baseball ticketing, it's a new high. For it was them. it was the weirdest thing. They were doing a podcast, really giving the gears to Justin Trudeau, and then they just started buying fucking tickets to baseball games. What's this podcast? I don't even know what it's about. That is the beauty of the NTL, baby. We're actually talking about sports. They should be happy. <laughs> Charles C. is a fantastic man. I mean, seriously, he's an incredibly fantastic man. We're actually doing our first live podcast. We talked about it at the start. So why don't you just toss the dates out again real quickly, and then we can help people plan for it if they want to want to attend. Yeah, it's at Calgary Expo. It's April 29th in uh, Palomino FG. So it's two rooms that has been put into one, so FG. And uh, it's from 11 o'clock to 11.45. Usually at Expo, they have a little lineup to get into the panels. I don't know as ours will be crazily oversold or anything, but you might want to get there a few minutes early just uh, just to be on the safe side, right? Yeah, I concur. You should probably, like if we're on at 11, I think you don't want to be there much later than 10.59. Yeah. Because, well, you know what? So the first year we no, did. Uh, it's, a, so, it's a zoo there, right? Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. So the first year uh, that we did a panel with the correctness. So that was uh, Rob and I and a, a comedian friend of ours, Tony Bins, where we did just pretty much nerd culture stuff. And uh, we had a panel. And the very first year we did the panel, uh, the room was packed. Like we showed up and there was a lineup around the corner. And I couldn't nice. believe it. Like no one had ever heard of us. And it was lined up around the corner. So. I, you know, at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked if there was a decent sized line. If people went, oh, they're doing a podcast, that'd be fun or whatever, right? So right. you never know. It depends cool. on what else is uh, counter programmed, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. good, good, sir. My clip is empty for yet another National Talk League podcast. Excellent. Uh, I too feel as though I have said all the things that I need to have being said. Well, then until the next time. 
uh, we say buenas tardes. And I will say good night. You've been listening to the National Talking League. Show notes from this episode can be found at nationaltalkingleague.com. Support for this podcast comes from you. Please share it on social media. Give a five-star review in your favorite podcast store. And connect with us on Facebook. On behalf of Roger Kincaid and Dave Ware, thank you.